Welcome to Happily Ever After, the podcast which seems to talk about all sorts of different things, but one listener described it as the place where we talk about what everyone else is thinking, but maybe not saying out loud. I am your host, Hannah Harvey. I'm a writer and a parenting blogger at mumsdays.com. That's M-U-M-S-D-A-Y-S dot com. If you wouldn't mind subscribing and leaving a review, that would be amazing because it basically means more people can find the podcast. Um, And I also would really, really, really love to hear from you. So please could you contact me through Instagram at mumsdays. You can message me anything really, but you know, your stories of life and heartbreak or any thoughts you might have on the episode or any questions you want answering. And as always, you can find the details from this episode in the show notes. Hello and welcome to another episode of Happily Ever After. It's me, Hannah, and today I'm joined by Leanne Bennett. Hi, Leanne. Hello, hello. Lovely to have you on. Oh, it's been a long time. This has been sort of something I think me and you've wanted to do for a little while, so I'm excited. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we go way back. Um, firstly, we knew each other because back in the late noughties, and you might not believe this, everybody, but Newcastle's tech scene was properly banging, wasn't it? It was amazing. It was like all the best parties with all of the free booze you could possibly want were the tech ones. Yeah. And I feel like around the time we met, you were still working for like one of the main organizers of these parties Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was great (laughs) (laughs) you have a good time loved it and you know I love a geek I love a geek and these events were full of them and these were just like really really interesting people and you just you could just unveil those layers of them and it was just it was great fun wasn't it just oh, it was. creatives and and geeks and it was it was it was amazing it was a great time to be in that scene I think yeah yeah for sure um my other memory of it is that you were like the it couple you and your partner at the time I remember being like oh there's those guys and we love them and we try and find you That's so interesting you just you don't think of yourself as that do you no 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 and obviously that and it's that scene where I met my husband who I am now divorcing and then the other weird aside to all of this is that you had a another hustle where you were doing beauty stuff which may I add you still look bloody stunning oh thank you absolutely I need you back in my life advising me (laughs) how to make my face look like yours I can definitely give you tips on the best, like, cheap products, having gotten divorced and having to rethink my finances. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, we'll do a little appendix just yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you came to my Hindu and did everybody's, did, ma- like, massages and everything, which is, That's like, another weird like coincidence. A long time ago, doesn't it? I know, like 12 years ago. So can you fill me in on everything since then? <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes, so much has happened as it does. So, yeah, so I think since then I sort of, well, I had my daughter 
had my daughter. So I went through ooh, four rounds of IVF to get my daughter. So miracle, miracle baby, really. Oh, and how um, old is she now? She's nine now. So okay. yeah, absolutely. That was amazing. But obviously puts a lot of pressure on relationships. But mm. but we got through that. That was great. And I think when Georgie sort of hit Oh, I don't know, Georgie maybe was sort of nine months and I was, you know, I'd, I'd set up what was called sort of low felt parents. It was just a Facebook group because I recognised that there were so many women. You'd go to these baby groups and they were so focused on the baby and you could see these women and you'd just think, wow, like we all need some support here. We're yeah. all doing this for the first time. And so fast forward sort of a year and a half, we used to meet up. Um, all of these women that we'd met on Facebook group, the Facebook group and things. And um, it was a great support for people, but we were so big a group, we couldn't find a location. So I set up a social enterprise and and that it was bigger than I thought. It was set over three floors and, you know, it was to support women and their kids and women's mental health. And it was brilliant. It was a, the best venture I've ever done. Mm-hmm. But I think because of that and I wanted to be I wanted it to be so amazing for women that probably I didn't I was out there I was doing my thing I was doing what I'd meant to be doing I was getting so much joy from it stressful as well you know Mm -hmm. but but it was amazing but I think that put an awful lot of pressure on my relationship Okay, so the um, social enterprise was it yeah. like a cafe type? So, hub? set up with three floors, yeah, ground floor cafe with play space, purely focused on getting people to connect with each mm-hmm. other and um, combat social isolation, allow the kids to play while mum got you know some good locally roasted coffee, some homemade <laughs> cake, you know, and um, really good food. Because I don't know about you, but whenever you went to sort of soft play and stuff it was almost like really bad coffee yeah and, you know like a cookie that you could smash your teeth with or whatever <laughs> you know so it wasn't great and you know you felt as if you were transported in a, a place that was no longer you you know mm-hmm. I don't know about you but I, I loved hipster coffee, coffee before and I love hipster coffee now so I wanted a business that could give people that and amazing I like great. literally live for coffee so we need that but yeah. we need the social connections as well don't we exactly and knowing that like the anxiety of once you're there what's it going to be like is all sort of taken care of absolutely and it was such a welcoming environment and that was had to be the core of it for me and yeah. the team I had there were amazing people who created that environment as well so you know a lot of kudos to them and then there was the middle floor, we had all the baby classes there, first aid courses, we had um, bump club. So that was basically you came along when you were pregnant because the emphasis was on, you know, once you've had the baby, it's like, oh, how do I get to know all this information? How do I meet people? But actually, if we can get you to connect while you're pregnant, it sort of eliminates some of that nervousness, yeah. doesn't it? So it was connecting people from the point of pregnancy right through until kids were going to school. So it was just a real community. And I, I loved it. And but I think it, it that's no more. So the reason 
the reason I got divorced really was unfortunately because my ex-partner had an affair with one of my members of staff. That'll do it. That'll do it. That'll do it. Oh, yeah. Sorry yeah. That, but you know, these things happen and, and my eye was definitely off the ball. Mm -hmm. um, and my full attention was on my daughter and the business. And it was also on me transitioning from who I was to who I wanted to be. And it was only after having my daughter that I was able to focus on who I really was and wanted to be. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. And so it was part of like this fitness journey as well. I was doing something for me. Mm -hmm. It took me a long time to figure out that I needed to do something for me. So, so I had the business. That was, that was great. It was hard, but it was great. Had Georgie. That was hard. She was great. <laughs> and had this marriage that was hard, but wasn't great. Mm. And you start thinking about the effort versus reward. And, you know, I don't believe anybody should have an affair. I think you should, that, you should deal with your crap before it gets to that point. But we all know these things happen, don't they? yeah and so it did but I don't regret it and I don't hold any remorse and I don't hold any grudges because I'm so much happier now and it set me off on a path that maybe I was already on anyway maybe I'd established it to begin with yeah with my fitness journey and with running the business and things but it solidified in me that I need to strive for more. Right. And it needs to be for me. And so it did set me off on this path of, okay, so what do I, what do I want to do? But actually I made a lot of mistakes on the way there. Well, we all do. It's so interesting hear you say that because it feels like, a version of how I ended up splitting up like not the same kind of thing I'm not saying that but I just feel like when it finally came to an end I was like oh that was meant to happen so however awful it was yeah. it allowed me to finally leave yeah because I'd been needing to for a while but that one thing that happened gave me the like final like push I guess yeah. And it was like the universe going, come on, you need to leave. Here's a reason. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we all need that because, you know, especially for, for us, you know, women of our age, we've been brought up on Disney. And yeah. Disney was, you know, that you have this person who looks after you and it's, you know, all magical and lovely and we should all strive for that. And that story doesn't play out for most of us. And even if people are still, you know, if they're still in a very long-term relationship, there's a lot of effort and to and froing and compromise and all of that stuff that goes on to keep it going. Absolutely. Like it's not all rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> Far from it. Far from it. I, what I've discovered getting older and going through this is that no matter what relationship you're in, whether it be with a friendship, a friendship or your partner, family all relationships need fostering all of them need effort yeah. all of them need energy put into them 
And if you feel like you're not getting that or that you're not given that, then actually that's probably going to falter. It's going to fall down somewhere. So I think I've, I've learned so many lessons and, you know, I'm happy, more than happy to share some of those lessons that I've learned. Um, yeah. I was going to say, if you talked us through like the process of your divorce a bit, like how long did it take? Ooh, yeah. So it was relatively quick because I think, you know, well, I mean, it was a bit sticky. We went to mediation um, to try and talk about things. And, you know, we both were running businesses. Mm-hmm. The financial like, side's really tricky with that. Financial side, really tricky. But I think I was quite infuriated by the process because I really had to reiterate to the mediator many times over that I run a social enterprise. And for all it's a social enterprise, I can't sell that business. I can gift it. I, but I can't take money out of it and give it to anybody else. It doesn't yeah. work like that. I can only take a salary from it. So, you know, it, it was challenging and we had to sell our home. Mm-hmm. A home that very similarly to you, I'd spent an awful lot of time investing my energy on making a home and making beautiful and making it functional for our family. And then I had to turn that over to somebody else. Mm. and that's that's that in itself is a challenge yeah and you know I don't know about you but my ex was the breadwinner I hate that but you know earned a lot more than me Mm -hmm. Um, and I was running a social enterprise and you know I was earning very very little and then to think wow I really want to provide for my child but there's a big disconnect, a big disparity between what we can now provide. And we agreed early on that we didn't want that for her. We wanted to give her the same at both houses. And I believed that to be true at the beginning. And it's only as time's rolled on, you realise that, well, that's never going to last. Yeah. But that did give me the kick up the arse I needed in order to think, how am I going to provide for my daughter? What do I need to do? Yeah. So it, it set me off on a path of, well, stupidly, I had the, the, the mistake of whilst getting divorced, I decided to open another business because <laughs> someone approached me and I thought, do you know, I need more money. That might be a good idea. Oh. So I was running two businesses, going through a divorce and also amongst all of that thought do you know I love what I do but actually I think I want to retrain so decide to go to college to do a higher education course as well oh my god Leanne utter madness utter madness I can totally relate to this though it's isn't it fight or flight type response stuff absolutely Absolutely. It's fight or flight. And I think you are looking for any opportunity to either grow as a person or, you know, prove, prove that I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I can do this, it's going to be fine. You know, I don't need you. Um, And, and actually, I didn't need my ex, but probably what I did need was Somebody saying, do you think you're taking too much on? 
And still, I probably would have went, no, of course not. Of course not. this. I'm fine. So when did you have a breakdown? Well, do you know, it's funny. It's funny. I wouldn't say I've ever had. I've had many, many, many moments where I've gone, oh, God, what the fuck am I doing? This is ridiculous. I'm just sorry. If you can hear a pitter-patter, it's my my dog. Oh. He's he's wanting to be part of this. Oh, hello. This is Doug. Hi, Doug. Oh, okay. Oh, I'd like to know what the pitter patter is. Yeah, that's Doug. He's just joining in. Yeah, he's got to be a part of everything. Um, so, so amongst getting the divorce, do, running the businesses, studying, we did agree everything because my parents had a really, really difficult divorce and I was very aware of how that impacted on me. And mm-hmm. I didn't want that to be the same thing for Georgie. Yeah. And I think because I'd had those experiences, I was also very aware of um, my mum's mental health during that time. And How old were you when they got divorced? Well, their divorce started when I was age nine and didn't really wrap up until probably I was 14. Oh, my God. It was a very, very messy divorce. There was two properties involved, a business involved. And, you know, so it wasn't that my life was mimicking that, but I was aware that I didn't want it to go anywhere. I didn't want it to be tied up like that. Yeah. So on reflection, I probably could have fought for some more things. But I was also very aware of, of both of our mental health. Yeah. And how this would potentially impact our daughter as well because she was four at the time and um typically this happened in the summer just before her start in school in September <laughs> so a lot of changes occurred for her at once and um and she had to be the priority so we were able to agree to sell the house and I did get a higher proportion of the house sale in order for me to be able to afford a property in the area where my daughter's school was right so but in order to afford that I had to get a property that was absolutely wrecking ruin <laughs> yeah and I had to pay 10 grand over for it as well so but we were able to negotiate things a lot on our terms together I'm very aware that a lot of people's divorces end up really really icky and I think think that comes from a place of hurt doesn't it place of hurt and I think when we feel as if things are out of control we then get very sucked into controlling things Mm. because we don't like uncertainty as humans we don't like it so we try to focus in and we try and say right what can I control and I was aware of that and I didn't want to do that okay so what if you could um like round it up what would you say the hardest bits or bit was for you uh the hardest bit I can deal with divorce I can deal with having a million things to do I can deal with having a challenging business but what I couldn't deal with is feeling as if I was failing my child oh my god Mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
I, I set out in marriage to never allow my child to experience the pain that I had experienced during divorce. Yeah, I can see never that. Wanted that. Never wanted that. And I never wanted my child to come from a broken home. And so whenever there was a glimmer of us struggling or feeling uncertain about things or, you know, not wanting to leave me or, you know, but saying, you know, but you'll have a lovely time, you know, you love it when you go there. And, and then you question yourself and think, oh God, you know, should I have been a better wife? Mm. Should I not have opened the business? you know it's the shoulda woulda couldas yeah and the look of you know is my child in pain you know is this is and this, is it my fault or is it my fault yeah, yeah absolutely and what I've realized is actually for all it was really difficult and challenging for me when my parents went through divorce I am incredibly resilient because of my life experiences. And we have, me and my ex have a very good relationship in the sense that um, we try and work at it in order to benefit our, our daughter. Yeah. We try and keep communication open. One of the things that we've just instigated before Christmas was we will touch base and have conversation full conversation not a drop-off conversation a full conversation together about how our child's doing because that for us is is necessary because otherwise yeah. things slip don't they yeah you know and it's it's we want to be there for our daughter so do and you try and do that like once, once a month once yeah. a month yeah that's what we've just instigated because I think that's a great idea. It's been really beneficial already. Yeah. Really beneficial already. And we can really just iron things out, agree things, you know. Um, but yeah, just going back to what the question was, the toughest thing is, am I failing my child? Yeah. Is all of this going to mess them up? You know, I joke to her, you know, I say, don't worry, I'm putting money in the bank for your therapy when you're older you know and I know at some point I'm gonna mess you up it's fine don't worry about I mean it. that's just the laws of being a parent like yeah. whatever we do whether you're with somebody that you shouldn't be with or you leave or whatever that's the ultimate question is always like am I failing my kid yeah and it's the guilt mm -hmm. it's the guilt of thinking what you wanted to provide for them not like that's faded away yeah and it's a shame but, but also I know that she's going to be more resilient she is and I think some of what you're talking about there will come from because it's a huge trigger for you because mm -hmm. you experienced it it's like that's the one thing I'm not gonna do and then you're like fuck I've done it yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely and I think the other thing as well it's like how do you how do you manage to cope during these periods and you know you you say to yourself I don't want my child to see me cry and well actually no that's okay I yeah I was told yeah. by um a child therapist at the time that it's actually kind of important for them to see Definitely. because then it gives them permission 
to also let their emotions out. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's a problem behaviour, isn't it? And, and we need to model what is normal, what's acceptable behaviour. And al just allowing somebody the freedom to go, yeah, you know, I'm upset today. Yeah. But you know what? It's fine. That's okay. It's okay to have those days. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we've come a long way because um, it's been sort of ooh, coming up five years. Yeah, it'll be five years soon. So I feel like I've been able to process a lot. Yeah. But I recall the early days where it was just... Crazy. Yeah, because when we first connected about this subject, you we were talking about you coming on to talk about like how you manage your mental health when you're going through a divorce. Absolutely. Did you have yeah. any sort of tips on that kind of thing? Absolutely. I think one of the things to be very, very aware of is we have around about 80,000 thoughts a day. Yeah. I know, and I often think, how have I got time to think that much? But we do. And actually, we very rarely stop to challenge those thoughts. We very rarely stop to think if those are fact. And I remember in those early days thinking, you know, oh, my ex is going to do this. My ex is going to do that. I need to get ahead of this. I need to, you know, and it was, I, I, I found as if I was like almost tormenting myself by over-preparing. Yeah. And what I realized is I needed to stop myself in that moment because you can really spiral mm -hmm. in negative thought traps where you think, well, you know, that person's definitely going to do this and they're definitely going to do that and I need to be prepared. And, you know, we don't know what other people are thinking. Yeah. But as human beings, we want to problem solve continually. And getting divorced does feel like one big problem we're trying to solve. Or like a million little ones all rolled up into one horrible big thing. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that really got me through was to manage my mental health was challenging some of those thoughts that I had and actually writing them down and processing, you know, okay, what, what, what is really supporting this thought that I have? And, and actually what's the evidence that I've got that supports that and what's the evidence against that and and from that actually what's a more balanced perspective because we instantly go into like negative thought traps don't we we get sucked into this you know because the way in which we approach situations tends to come from our own experiences the way we view ourselves the way we view others and the world around us helps us to get to those thoughts quicker. So they might be negative. So it's about challenging some of the thoughts yeah. to not let them spiral because otherwise we spend far too much time thinking about those than we do actually being. Yeah. And I think sometimes divorce, and you know, I think it was for you and it certainly was for me, is an opportunity to grow. Yeah, so much. Yeah. And I think if you are stuck in that negative thought cycle, you're not freeing yourself up to grow. Mm -hmm. 
And part of that growth comes from challenging those thoughts that you have and thinking, hold on, like, is this right? Do I need to be thinking this way? So that's one of the things. For me, it was exercise. I'd never really ever been anyone for exercise. Ever. And I discovered it. And I thought, like, I always used to avoid exercise because I didn't like getting sweaty. Yeah. You like really mess your hair up. No, don't, no. Yeah, nah, and I never wanted anyone to see me without makeup. It was that type of thing. And actually, it was the best thing for me ever, ever. Yeah. It helped me focus on me. Mm -hmm. And I think when we're going through divorce, there are so many things that we're trying to focus on. Sometimes even that half an hour helps us to just focus on us. Yeah. And unplug a bit from, get just distract yourself from all of the other things going on. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was... What was your exercise of choice out of interest? Well, so I went quite heavy into like resistance training. Ooh. I know. And I absolutely... Muscles. And, you know, not to beef up or anything, but it was that, it was, it was, it was almost the act of having power. Yeah, feeling strong. Feeling strong. And that helped me to feel strong. So I was working on my mind and getting that to feel strong. But I was working on my body and getting that to feel strong as well. And that worked in tandem, I think. Yeah. So, but I think it's, you know, it's got to be your exercise of choice. It's got to be what works for you. Yeah, and what you enjoy and what motivates you to leave the house. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the other thing for me is I threw myself into work and I threw myself into a new project and I threw myself into, you know, I kept myself busy. Yeah. I think that was the other thing. But on reflection and doing the job that I do now, what I realised is actually I was totally in drive mode. I was totally like head down focused. And that isn't always great for you personally. And for dealing with the trauma that you're literally living through. Yeah. Yeah. And acknowledging some of that. Yes. And often I think when we're in drive mode, when we do that because we don't want to acknowledge things. Yeah. So it, it's a balancing act, I think. But I think the best thing you can do for yourself is bring awareness to you. And be very honest about how you're feeling and how you're reacting. And challenge yourself to say, do I like how I'm reacting? Or am I reacting to this on the basis that I feel under threat? Yeah. Because I think you can leave divorce behind you. But the way in which you acted during that time stays with you. How good has this conversation been so far? Leanne and I go on to talk for quite some more time, so we have decided to split this episode into two, and you can catch the rest of our conversation next week. <laughs>